This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. What's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. This is episode 100, so uh, we, we finally made the 100 mark. Really, really happy to have you listening um, and uh, really, really happy to uh, announce our, our guest host, our co-host for this episode. And uh, we've had him on the podcast a couple of times before, um, coincidentally for our one-year anniversary super show, which we did back in November and uh, at the beginning of this month, or beginning of January, I should say, uh, night one of Wrestle Kingdom. So I want to reintroduce to the podcast Mr. Kurt Johansson from uh, Ringsider Pod from uh, Kurt's Angles podcast. Kurt, good evening. How are you? And thank you for joining us on this momentous episode, sir. Hi, yeah. Thanks for having us again, John. Uh, Like I said, I'm always happy to come on the show and... Yeah, it just so happens, like, the first time I came on, it was your anniversary show, and then it was one of the first ones of the new year, talking about Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, and now we're here for the big 100, so congrats on that, first and foremost. Um, Thank you very much. Hopefully, it's not an underwhelming guest for some of your listeners. I saw (laughs) one person say, who's the big interview, and I was just like, oh, crap, it's just me. But no, how can it be I underwhelming? You're, you're like, the, you're like, as you described on Twitter, you're like the Brock Lesnar of the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. You only come on when it's a, when it's a big occasion, when it's the big show, and when the money's right, Kurt. Now I'll, I'll have to speak to you about the money after the episode, but uh, let's just pretend for now that uh, you're getting the the big bucks uh, at the end of this <laughs> for appearing uh, the Brock Lesnar of the Wrestling with Jonas podcast. Only appear when when the, the money and when the uh, when the occasion is right. But thank you very much. Like I say, you have joined us a few times before, and this is going to be really one episode and um been thinking quite a lot about what to include in this episode what fun things to do and uh we're going to do one or two usual things we're going to be covering this week's nxt which was another awesome episode of nxt can't wait to touch on some of the highlights there with kurt Uh, we're going to be looking at um we're a couple of months out from wrestlemania as well and we're hot off the heels of a very good raw rumble show i thought and uh, i thought it'd be interesting to do a couple of months out from wrestlemania to kind of have a look to see where the card, how the card is shaping up at the moment, how certain players um, are, are kind of lined up, what, what sort of feuds are kind of lined up for them heading into WrestleMania and uh, see kind of potential matchups, uh, how the card might shape up come April the 5th, of course, from Tampa. And, uh, you know, maybe kind of suggest a few opponents for some uh, wrestlers, WWF wrestlers, WWE wrestlers that haven't got obvious feuds or opponents going into the show of shows in April. So we'll have a little look at that. And then we've got some uh, some questions from some of our listeners and uh, Twitter friends and Facebook friends um, to help celebrate our 100th episode. So that'd be fun to answer some of them a little bit later on. So, uh, Kurt, uh, back to yourself, first of all. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast, as always. I'm interested to know, 
What what sort of um, wrestling have you kind of caught up with lately? I know that you've been to a couple of NXT UK TV tapings. They're always fun, of course. But uh, what what's exciting you at the moment about the world of pro wrestling? Are there any kind of promotions or any wrestlers uh, that are doing it for you? And what have you seen lately that's really got you excited um, as a pro wrestling fan then, Kurt? Um, in terms of being there live, I think it's a lot a lot more reduced to what I'm used to. Like, I get married in August, so I've had to cut back on traveling around the UK or um, going to, like, America or anything like that. But, yeah, I was at the NXT tapings in Hull before the new year um, and then NXT UK, UK tapings in York, which has some fantastic matches. But the things I'm excited about, away from the typical, like, NXT, AEW, um, Edge's return and more... That may tell what my personality is like is all Japan pro wrestling. I've not really okay. looked too much into it before until I saw like I, I knew who Shuji Ishikawa was and Joe Doring, they're legends of the sport. But when they got to come over to the UK for WrestleGate Pro and I saw them face each other, I was like, Man, this is this is brilliant. And then obviously both of them faced Rampage Brown that night also. And Lucas Steele who's from Hull, I know, he, he debuted in All Japan. Um, I, I think his faction's now called Corpse of God, and he's teaming with um, Shigahiro Iri, who's also coming mm. across the UK. And he's actually flying back out in February to face Ishikawa. Um, he's facing, like, I think it's the... Um, something Giants. Like, I'm new to the, I'm new to the uh, product today but from when i watched their shows for the new year which was around wrestle kingdom time really excited for what they was doing uh impact's doing good stuff i like that they're doing this throwback tna show for um america like when for the wrestlemania sorry yeah so they're doing like a, a tna revisited kind of throwback sort of episode aren't they yeah and like the, the first announcement was aces of eights they've got um, D'Lo Brown and Ken Anderson as part of that then I quoted that tweet uh, and said all all I want from this is the Wildcat Chris Harris to be on the show and then for me I'm salt he quote he like retweeted and was like thank you and then it was announced that the Wildcat Chris Harris will make his return to TNA um, which is amazing. Amazing Red's going to be there as well. Awesome. So it's going to be really good. And then, of course, with Ring of Honor, Marty Skrull, what a difference he's made so far since signing that new contract, becoming head booker. He's bringing in some new talent. Like we've got Session Moth Martina. She's going to be on the show. We've seen people re-signing their contracts. And now New Japan. New Japan are allowing talent to go back out there. Marty's gone to New Japan. He's doing stuff with NWA, which I love. Like, I think Marty could be one of the hubs of bringing all these different companies together. Yeah, it's quite fascinating um, how you know Marty Skrull, he was on the fringes. A lot of people weren't sure where he was going. He kind of appeared by surprise on uh, NWA's pay-per-view. was into the fire um in january i believe uh, and and since then yeah he's been made head booker of ring of honor, ring of honor uh, as well as getting quite a, a lucrative contract as a performer there as well and yeah popping up in new japan um he, he's kind of wow he, he's, he's he's really making a big name for himself um 
doing what he's doing. I've been really impressed with Marty Skull. I know you have as well. Um, but kind of w- what he's doing on the kind of American and international stage with these different promotions, that's quite unheard of, isn't it, really? Certainly, he's kind of a bit of a, a free agent. But then he's, you know, he, he's kind of tying it all into one package, as in himself, the brand of Marty's Girl. I mean, what, what, how can you define what he's doing at the moment then, Kurt? Drew McIntyre, as Drew Galloway, he did something similar, I feel, yeah. when he first left WWE. But, I, yeah, it's unheard of. And I think the last time it was, well, especially in this modern era, it's not been heard of since WWE bought up all these territories. Yeah. And it's as if he's he's using his brand to get a sweet-ass deal with Ring of Honor, but then also appearing in NWA and making them two work together. Appearing in New Japan, and now those two will be working together. And how many more companies are going to work? Like It would be good to see these territory star, whether that includes AEW or not. I think it'd be a fantastic way to incorporate all these fantastic companies to band together a bit like what you see in new in japan at the moment obviously bushi road owners of new japan they're now the owners of stardom and now the company that owns ddt have just purchased noah and are going to be still promoting noah and ddt separately but obviously there's going to be a relationship there so i think it's happening in japan where they've banded together is that because WWE are trying to do an NXT Japan. They tried buying Stardom and Noah, but because they were just wanting to absorb those companies, it, their bids weren't accepted, essentially. Yeah. And I think what Matt is doing, he could be maybe not the centerpiece of it, but I think he could be the biggest influence to ignite all these. Like If AEW really want to use Marty Scurll, then they'll work with Ring of Honor. Just yeah. like what are doing. Yeah, and he's really kind of turned himself into a, a major player, uh, not just for one brand, but multiple brands. And uh, I suppose he's, he's increasing his value if ever he does decide to go on to an AEW or possibly a WWE sometime in the future. But with what he's doing and how he's been able to raise his profile with these, uh, with the variety of promotions that he's doing it with, he's proving once again that you don't need to be part of these big organizations to make good money and to make a superstar out of yourself. Like I say, he's creating this brand that he's taking from promotion to promotion to promotion. So all credit to him, really. I think what he's doing is absolutely amazing, to be honest with you. Um, Kurt, tell us, give us a little bit of an update as far as what you're up to uh, podcasting-wise. I know you've got uh, Kurt's Angle and you're part of the Ringsider crew and various other things that you dabble in um, on the uh, creative side. Um, but uh, give us a bit of an update and give my listeners a bit of an update as far as what you've been up to lately or what the plans are going forward for your, your various... Um, creative content so i've been quite quiet recently and i sent that message out and then since then i've started reaching out to fellow podcasters and like right pulling my finger out now let's start doing these collaborations not going to lie i got i wouldn't say fatigued but i wasn't happy I'm, i'm a biggest critic and i want to make something that's different it's unique a bit similar to my one more match thing that I've been trying to do where I'll speak to different content creators. The first episode had NXT UK's Travis Banks on it where we just do one more match. You've got to 
essentially say who this person's going to face, where it's going to be, and it's just a little bit of fun. So I've been working on quite a few different things like that, both for Kurt's Angle and for Ringsiders, to hopefully start delivering more video content with Ringsiders. We're changing, we're changing our game completely in that aspect. We are going to bring back our Don't Even Get Me Started, where you did one episode of that on YouTube, which a lot of people really enjoyed because you get to see how animated we are ranting about certain topics. And basically, if you don't know the process of Don't Even Get Me Started, it will be you might use a random generator or pick a name out of the hat and it will give a topic. And you either have to rant what you don't like about it or if you like it, you've got to rant why it's great. And it got, it got heated. Jamie and Callum, they had some words to say regarding Orange Cassidy. So we're hoping to bring back that magic with Don't Even Get Me Started. And, yeah, and I've got to say, just off the back of that, I, I watched that episode and I absolutely loved it. And uh, I think I commented to you guys at the time. It was a fantastic yeah. episode. So more of the same, please. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just that. And I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite a creative person. And it's just, I get so many ideas. It's just trying to put them in place. So I've just been working on finding out some different um content like structure so it could be things of like faction i'm working on something called faction wars i'm working on different scenarios regarding the factions as well for different offshoots and even if we was doing like fantasy draft it's a transfer window here in england for the uh, like football or soccer for the american listeners so something similar like that where we do trade deals have to say why we do that if somebody picks somebody then my mates like the boys can't pick them and so we're just working on different stuff which should be getting released in this month and again i've got some exciting interviewees potentially lined up it's they're on board we're just going through the their press office essentially with companies such as aw and new japan so hopefully that gets finalized soon and we can bring those what will be amazing interviews to the listeners shortly Mm. Speaking of interviews, and we mentioned this the last time you were on uh, during the, the Wrestle Kingdom Night One review, uh, but uh, your first episode of Kurt's Angle was with Thunder Rosa. Now, more recently, Thunder Rosa's had a bit of success on NWA. I think she won the NWA Women's Championship at their Hard Times pay-per-view. So you must have been really, really chuffed to have seen how she's kind of progressed and her success recently on NWA, especially after having interviewed her a couple of months ago, Kurt. Yeah, 100%. I reached out to her and was like, congrats again. Like We spoke about going for that title and going for Sienna, which what we thought may have been um, at the Into the Fire pay-per-view, but didn't happen there. Happened at hard times. It's come eventually. And all credit to her, she's the first Mexican-born woman to win the NWA World Women Championship, which is absolutely incredible. She's one of my favourite professional wrestlers at the moment, regardless of gender. And... I'm not just saying that because I interviewed her. Like when I when she accepted to come on my show, I was like, "Holy shit, this is this mm. is great!" Because I was such a huge fan, and it was great to hear about her story. And hopefully, I can get her thoughts again soon regarding winning the title. And we should have a former NWA World Tag Team Champion coming on Kurt's angle in the next month so by the end of february hopefully we've got these dates aligned and that should be an interesting interview 
Superb, superb. Can't wait to hear them. And I'm sure as soon as we get wind of them on the Wrestling Madonna's podcast, we'll let our listeners um, and social media followers know. But uh, Kurt, let's have a little look at this week's NXT before we speak about uh, potential WrestleMania matches and our listener questions. So this week's NXT was uh, another you know, knockout show, to be honest with you. It's really, really good. The show opens with a reminder of Finn Balor attacking Trent Seven in the parking lot a few days earlier, looking uh, to send a message to Tyler Bate who came to Johnny Gargano's aid after Worlds Collide on Saturday night. And Worlds Collide was a, a fantastic show. Um, in the opening contest on this week's NXT, we saw Finn Balor take on Trent Seven. Uh, this was a really cracking contest between, uh, you know, these two. And, and with Balor dominating throughout pretty much. Um, and after a coup de grace and a 1916 DDT, Balor defeated Trent Seven fairly convincingly, to be honest with you, uh, while sending a clear message to Johnny Gargano ahead of their match in a couple of weeks' time at Takeover Portland. Now, Kurt, Takeover Portland, Portland is sure to be another amazing takeover. There's never been a bad uh, NXT takeover, of course. But to this match between Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor could be an all-time classic. We, we've spoken about great NXT matches um, over the years. Um, you know, and Johnny Gargano has been, been a part of many of those. Now, putting him across the ring from Finn Balor, you know, possibly the number one and the number two best wrestlers on NXT right now, you have to say. Um, kind of, you must be salivating for this one. This is definitely a dream match and uh, a match that we're all going to witness in just two weeks' time. Oh, 100%. And it's the perfect scenario as well. You've got Mr. NXT and Johnny Gagano against somebody that used to be Mr. NXT and Finn Balor. Yeah. Now with his heelish um, persona, shall we say, like the Prince is truly back and... Yeah, they're, you said the two of the best wrestlers in NXT. The two of the best athletes in the world, regardless of company. You put them in a company, they're one of your main guys, no matter no matter where they go. And this is one of the reasons, and, and one of many as well, should I say, that um, this upcoming takeover will be one of the greatest takeovers of all time, in my opinion, for what they've got lined up. Definitely. We're going to talk more about uh, some of the announced matches for TakeOver Portland throughout this episode as we as we cover this week's NXT in particular anyway. But uh, yeah, definitely one to look forward to there. Uh, and then we had a, an in-ring promo from Keith Lee calling himself um, a moment maker, a game changer, and now a prophecy ender um, after he beat Roderick Strong for the North American Championship on last week's NXT. Uh, we saw Damien Priest. He came out to address the Limitless one. Uh, Priest said that uh, he usually gets what he wants and what he wants right now is a North American Championship both men are then joined by Dominic Dijakovic and Dijakovic calls Priest a bootleg Marilyn Manson which I thought was quite funny <laughs> I think that the crowd got a bit of a pop from that one uh, and this leads to a bit of an impromptu match between Damien Priest and Dominic Dijakovic so there were some really big moves uh, between these two plenty of false finishes and that avalanche poison Rana from Priest onto Dijakovic was pretty epic um, but it was Dijakovic who put Priest away uh, with a feast your eyes. I think he kind of uh, called him with the ring post before hitting the feast your eyes move, possibly setting up another massive encounter between Dijakovic and Keith Lee for the North American Championship, maybe. Um, and although it's not been announced, it could also be a potential match for TakeOver Portland. I know they've got one or two spaces left uh, on that uh, match card. Um, as always, you know, a really fun match between two big athletes as in uh, uh, Dijakovic and Damien Priest in this one um, and uh, yeah you know 
I'd love to know your thoughts on what went down during this match and uh, potentially another Keith Lee Dijakovic match. They, they've, you know, uh, had some outstanding matches in the past, but this time there could be some silverware or, or a championship belt on the line uh, the next time they face. But uh, give us your thoughts, Kurt. Yeah, it was Keith Lee's. He's a man. Like he's had an incredible couple of weeks, but we've you. It's magic. You know what he and uh, Dajakovic can deliver. They had arguably one of the best series in NXT of 2019, in my opinion, with their matches. And I think their matches together really solidified them as players in NXT. I think before those set of matches, it was just floating around the place. And now look at them. They're, they're over as hell. I think it's a great way to build Damian Priest up as well. Maybe before we get to take over, get another Dijakovic-Priest match, maybe a little bit longer with the number one contendership on the line. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd be all for another singles match, or could it be another? Could it be a triple threat? Like, three absolute titans going at each other. I'm excited, and I think it was only the beginning with Dijakovic and Priest. Mm, I hope so. I hope so. But uh, yeah, a, a really good match. It, it wasn't the longest of matches, but uh, that could possibly just be a taster for something that's uh, just around the corner between those two. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see, you know, it could be uh, Dijakovic versus Keith Lee uh, for the North American Championship. It, it could turn into a three way between Priest, Dijakovic and Keith Lee. That would be another good match uh, that I think would really get a live crowd um, up on their feet. But uh, then we yeah. see... Uh, a bit of a backstage scene. There's uh, three of the members of Undisputed Era laid out on the floor. We see uh, Roderick Strong, uh, Kylie Riley, and Bobby Fish, of course, laid out, supposedly unconscious. Uh, then Tommaso Ciampa comes into the scene uh, with a metal pipe in hand. Adam Cole uh, then comes out to confront Champa, who's in the ring, he comes out to attack. Uh, 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 comes out to confront Champa about the attacks. Uh, this leads to Cold attacking Champa um, on the ring apron with a microphone, seemingly opening up. Uh, Tommaso Champa gets a bit of a cut on his forehead there. Uh, Champa recovers to powerbomb Adam Cole through a table that was set up in the centre of the ring before signing the contract for the championship match at Takeover Portland in his own blood. Um, so that there we have it. Um, we have the attack backstage, William Regal out on uh, kind of the rampway uh, announcing that, uh, you know, it's going to be a contract between these two. But then they end up in a brawl and a powerbomb through the table, signed in blood and the match for TakeOver Portland um, is, is signed um, into Tommaso Ciampa's own blood. So that, that's going to be our NXT World Championship match then, Kurt. So Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole. So another, you know, alongside, I mean, we've already spoken about Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano at TakeOver Portland. This is another match that uh, if you were, if you were going to get another match to top Gargano versus Balor, this has to be it, surely. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it's long-term storybooking, which what NXT do. We've been waiting for this match for so long and it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Like, is the prophecy coming to the end? Like, we've seen Roderick Strong lose mm. the lose the championship. O'Reilly and Fish will defend their tag titles against the winners of the Dusty Classic. And then Adam Cole and Champa. like, could this be the end for Undisputed Era as we know it or Undisputed Era in NXT and... One thing I'd like to say about this NXT show as well, like the whole uh, Champa attacking Undisputed Era backstage and Adam Cole actually not giving any fucks, like he's a heel, but he's not mm. 
he's not a cowardly heel. He doesn't he doesn't shy away from a fight. He go, he takes it to Champa, which was really good. And even earlier on with the Dajakovic and Priest match, when they start brawling, that wasn't supposed to be a match. And you always get this where people start brawling and they just pull apart and the fans are like, let them fight, let them fight. NXT, let them fight. And you never see that on any show where the brawling and the referee comes out and just rings the bell. Normally, they take the heat out of it because they'll go for a break. Like, during the break, it's been made that it's going to be a match. Now, this one, they kept at it. And for those two segments alone, I thought, well done, NXT. Yeah, really well booked and uh, exciting TV as well. I was definitely kind of uh, eyes glued to the TV and popping while sat on my sofa. I really, really enjoyed that segment and uh, yeah, really, really good. And yeah, uh, then we got a bit of a grudge match between Tiger Knox and Dakota Kai. So this has been kind of uh, brewing now since TakeOver War Games when Dakota Kai turned on her best friend, slammed her a leg in the, the, the cage outside the ring, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, this this was a good match and uh, T 